0: That's so on brand for you. So on brand. Yep, very on brand. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's So On Brand podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Mann. I'm a graphic designer and business coach, and I am endlessly fascinated by other people's passions. It's our passions that make us unique, relatable, and people that others want to work with and get to know. I'm on a mission to get people thinking about their story and how their life experiences have molded them into the entrepreneur, athlete, or professional that they are today. You may not be for everyone, but you are most definitely a person that someone out there needs right now. So join me every Wednesday to hear from aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners and see just how unique, authentic, and inspiring each person's journey is. So let's get into it. Alright, welcome. I have Ben with me today. I'm really excited. Ben, when we scheduled this, I didn't know you. I didn't I hadn't met you yet. But luckily we got to meet last weekend. Fate brought us together and we had a lot of fun. So I'm excited to have you on.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Great. So let my audience know what you do.
1: So I am uh I I work for the Ad King. It's a family owned and operated business. And uh, we sell promotional products and specialty advertising. So in layman's terms, anything you can brand your logo on uh, is what we do. So t-shirts, pens, mugs, hats, uh, really anything you can put your logo on, we we take care of for you. So uh, yeah, that's Pretty. I mean, I, it's technically specialty advertising and promotional products, but a lot of times people just are like, what? And so that's right. the layman's terms of it.
0: I know we think that we're clear when we say promotional products. And like, I know what that means because I'm in that industry. I help other printers um, prepare logos and art for things that are going to be printed on the things that, that you handle. So I get it, but you say <laughs> that to anyone else, they're like, I don't know what that means.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I often get the Oh, so you do like billboards? I was like, no, I don't oh, no. do billboards. <laughs> no, that's a different different thing which I don't want to get into. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, but yeah, so that's what we do and um
0: yeah. Totally different animal than billboards for sure.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, how how did your family come up with the name? Who came up with it? I'm I'm curious about that. So
1: it's kind of a long story, but I'll try to keep it uh, (laughs) quick is my grandfather's um, bought this business. He was a vice president of a bank and saw the whole conglomeration of banks kind of happening and he wanted out. So he actually, as the vice president of the bank, bought from the ad king uh, for the bank and the, the owner of the egg King was a customer of my grandfather. So it was like a mutual connection. And when my grandfather wanted out in 1972, oh something like that, uh, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, he bought half the business. And then the guy, his business partner, we used to travel all over the country because um, back in the day, you, you were franchised with what you could sell. So, um, mm-hmm. We actually sold expandable sponges back in the 70s. Oh, my God.
0: Like they, they're
1: they like that thick.
0: Yeah, little tiny ones. When
1: they come and you put water and they expand. So anyways, we had the franchise of that. <laughs> and we would travel all over the country selling these by the hundreds of thousands because it was like the number one promo product out there. So and funny. come to find out, my grandfather here in Massachusetts got a call and said, we haven't seen Ben, who no... Relation to me happened to be his name was Ben in like three months and my grandfather's like, huh? He's been out in California. He was supposed to see you and turns out he like just kind of Grew tired of this business. So at that point my grandfather went back to the bank He worked for and got a loan to buy out the rest of it. And so uh-huh. in 1972 it became uh, my family's business and uh-huh. so yeah, so that's kind of how it started. So it's been around since 1925, but it's been in wow. my family since 72, 73.
0: What yeah. were they doing in 1925?
1: I'm so curious. Uh, pens. Um, 1925. I'm not even sure. Really, I know pens. Yeah. Was the thing. And um, the old school printing where you like would hammer the little uh, pads or the dies. Yeah. Into things like anything back then you know we, we I guess rumor has it they had like not a blacksmith but somebody who could make that stuff and then we would put that on whatever could hold that type of ink and then it's progressed into technology and clothing and all sorts of stuff like that
0: it's fascinating yeah <laughs> So because it's a branding podcast, I have to talk a little bit about the visual side. Yep. So I don't know, has the logo changed? Has it evolved? Like what has the conversation been like around the visuals?
1: So in terms of our current logo, um, it's very plain. It's very simple. It just says the ad king with a little crown above the A. And back in like the early 2000s, um, that was a popular way to come up with a logo was you know so many companies nowadays have the little bug or the little icon that they use along with their name but in the late 90s early 2000s the popular thing to do was just use your name and then make it funky fonts or whatever so like yeah. Pfizer
0: mm-hmm. all
1: those companies their logo is really just their company name with you know something fancy so Great. that's basically what we did was the ad king we put a little crown above the a and that's pretty much what it's been ever since um all my clothing that i wear it just says that and it's nice and clean and and uh whatnot and coming up on a hundred year anniversary i'm i'm thinking of going back to like one of our old school logos just to kind of change it up a little bit which we we do use that logo occasionally which is a little more intricate it's like Mm -hmm. a square with a crown built in and all this stuff so i'm thinking Mm -hmm. as a hundred year anniversary we'll kind of go back to that but our current logos it's actually i find it kind of boring not gonna lie (laughs) and uh but people know it now and people see it and oh the ad king and they know what that is so it's the old saying if it isn't broken don't fix it so that's kind of what what we go with
0: <laughs> yeah it's recognizable and it's funny exactly. you you bring that up about going back to a previous version burger king just did that and i was looking i mean it's it's funny with like burger king mcdonald's and like staples and all these like big brands because some of their locations and dunkin donuts too but some of their locations are like very new and it's just dunkin or it it's yeah. just reflecting the the newest brand but then they have like their original locations that are very very much older in style um and i know that burger king went back to one of their previous logos because that's like something that's in right now yeah yeah they they
1: did like a special little like old school release on their cans and stuff like that yeah Yeah, retro it's actually in, in even in some of the stuff i sell retro is what's you know hot right now so Makes sense if you have a logo that's been known forever, like Burger King or Pepsi. Why exactly. not you know, capitalize on it?
0: <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't work with my brand. I've only had mine for what four or five years. Okay, but... There you
1: go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but for a brand that's been a uh, been around since the 1920s, that's amazing. That's so cool.
1: yeah.
0: I like that. Yeah, we
1: take a lot of pride in that, and I think that also helps us in terms of you know both customer acquisition and keeping customers, is they know you know we're not going anywhere so
0: yeah you're a trusted (laughs) a trusted brand in the industry exactly sure so what made you want to take on a role in this business what what is the what are the events that led to to this for you
1: Uh, I joke you know with people that you know I've been in this business since I've been in the womb you know because (laughs) Uh, I was born into it. And actually, a lot of my manufacturer reps have known me since I was born, uh, since I was a baby. And so to see me now in the business and, and whatnot, I think makes them feel old and also like, whoa, <laughs> like he's been in it for a while now. But what led up to me, you know, not just delivering packages for my father and my uncle back in the, you know, when I got my license was college just wasn't for me. Uh, I went one semester. Uh, barely went. I skipped a lot of it, but I went one semester. <laughs> and of my five or six classes, I don't even remember, it was so long ago now that I took, I passed, I aced public speaking and intro to business, and then failed everything else. So <laughs> at that point, I realized I was kind of getting into this business anyways. It was kind of something that I joked as a kid, being like, oh, I'm gonna follow my dad, and uncle, and grandfather's footsteps, but at the same time. You never want to fall in your family's footsteps you know you have that like right. <laughs> stage but uh i think i had started kind of working for the business in that one semester and then when it just didn't work out i realized like i know how to talk i'm you know it's really just like just yesterday i, t- I was out with a customer we went to lunch like that's what this business is and yeah. um i realized I was good at that already and so i went to my father and my uncle, but mainly my father and kind of said, Hey, college isn't for me. Like this just isn't working. What can I do to kind of fully start in the business? And so basically they gave me a few customers that had been customers of ours since like the nineties and uh, that they knew that if I screwed up, they could kind of swoop in and (laughs) fix the problem or whatever. And uh, so they gave me three or four of those. And then I kind of ran with it and, started bringing my own clients and, and things like that. So yeah, no, quitting uh realizing college wasn't for me it was kind of the the real starting point into this full time uh, full involvement my whole life kind of thing. so
0: yeah, that's cool. I can definitely identify with feeling like you've been a part of something since you were in the womb because my uncle, I mean, it wasn't it was it didn't happen when I was born. It was years after that, I think. Um, But he had a pizza shop in the town I grew up in. And so I felt like I grew up there. (laughs) Like I was there all the time, like all my family members worked there. And then when I turned 15, it was just like, this is a job like we've been waiting for you. (laughs) Yeah, This is for you. And honestly, probably my favorite job I've ever had is working at that pizza shop, like making food and just getting to know the customers and connecting with people and just having my family around and working with cool people it was the best so um not saying that i would do that forever but at the same time i have my days nowadays i'm like i wish i could go back and just yeah. make pizza all day like it had its own stresses but yeah. it was a lot of fun
1: and i think any job you have is going to have its own stresses it's just about do you have more good days than stressful days if that makes sense you know totally. as long as if you, as long as you have more than those stressful days are just In fact, sometimes the stressful days when you come out of it are, you feel more like you did more than a normal day. Yeah, it's more rewarding. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I like that you also identified that college wasn't the right direction for you because I feel like there's this huge pressure nowadays for kids to stay in college and to go to college. And I think I made the right decision. I don't have any regret about that, but I know so many people who went and they're not working in their field or, I don't know, they jumped into something too quick or they didn't realize they would have like a hundred K in debt. Like, it's just crazy. It's not for everyone. We shouldn't force kids into that. Like that wasn't even an option for me not to go (laughs) thinking back.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really, it wasn't an option. Well, my parents would have supported me anyway, but growing up in the town I grew up in, everything was college prep nothing about trade schools, nothing about anything like that, or military or anything that didn't require college. And so I'm sure looking back, my parents would have been supportive either way, but it took me failing, honestly, to realize that it wasn't for me. And I tell people all the time, you know, I know plenty of very smart, well-educated people, my wife included, you know, that, uh, but I, they'll be like, you know, college has been great. And this, that, and the other thing. But for me, I'll be like, yeah, except you can still make a great living without that. You just have to sometimes work a little harder or work a little differently or, or maneuver your way through life in the beginning a little differently. But once you get there, whether you have a degree or not, you know, it doesn't matter. And, And in this business, I have no degree and most people know that. And I get calls all the time to be a manufacturer's representative hey, like, you know, this product, we need a Northeast manager, like, do you want to come work for us? And having two little kids, I don't really want to travel like that. And so I, and this is my family's business. This is my legacy, you know, my family's legacy. And that's the other reason I don't do it. But, you know, Mm. I, I don't have a degree, but I get calls all the time saying, hey, do you want to do this? And so, you know, I think if you're willing to put in the work, you don't need the college degree all the time. So
0: no. And some of the most important professions that we rely on every day, like electricians, plumbers, yeah. like all these people don't go to college. Not all of them. I mean, some of them might, but yeah. you don't need to.
1: Exactly. I mean, my father-in-law, he's in the contracting business and he's always pushing our niece who's 12,
0: 13. Uh, <laughs> to, don't quote you. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, yeah. Don't quote me. I'm going to edit that out. No, um, she, He's always saying, Hey, trade school, trade school. Like that's, you know, Cause she's in middle school right now. So you can go to a trade school in high school and come out of there and make, I mean, I think I heard the going rate for an electrician is like $115 an hour, oh, right yeah. There. like maybe even more cause of COVID, but that was like pre COVID it was $115 an hour. Yeah. And that's just cause no, everybody's so college oriented now that yeah. nobody thinks of the trade schools, which then limits the amount of electricians out there, which jacks up the price, you know? So it's supply and
0: demand. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so what about pet peeves in your industry? Do you have any pet peeves?
1: Yeah, uh, I could have a <laughs> full hour long interview with just that. No, um, I would say I had, I had a pet peeve pre-COVID and now I have a pet peeve in the midst of COVID. So pre-COVID was mm-hmm. the old saying, the customer's always right.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: The furthest thing from the truth. Um, You also can't get walked on. You can't get screwed out of money. You know, you're trying to make a living just like they are, you know. So I think that, I mean, that, I think that will always kind of be a pet peeve. But Mm -hmm. coming through COVID, in the beginning of COVID with all this supply chain stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. You didn't
1: quite get it unless you were in a business that was affected by supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of customers who are, but we also have a lot of customers who are, sorry, graphic designers, <laughs> uh, cloud software people, things yep. that there just isn't a lot of need for physical things. Right. And so the pet peeve is become that my customers who get it, they'll say, Hey, Ben, we need X, Y, Z. And when you get it to us is whenever, like we don't, need it need it we just want it i love those customers yeah but the customers who where the pet peeve comes into play is what do you mean you still can't get that in 10 days or what do you mean you're out of inventory pre-covid you'd get me whatever i wanted in like 72 hours if i really needed it Mm -hmm. and so the pet peeve is do you not watch the freaking news like (laughs) like seriously like you you Do you not, are you living under a rock? Do you not realize like there's a major supply chain issue? And trust me, do you think I want to say no to an order right now? Like, of course not. Like I'm struggling with this just like you are, but my hands are tied, you know, and two and a half or three three years into COVID now, (laughs) uh, it's all a blur. But I think more and more people are realizing that, but I still have those two or three customers who are just like, can you get this for me in a week? And I'm just like, no, I can't. You know, I, in fact, two weeks ago, I was able to complete my first 24 hour rush order. Whoa. The, first, the first order I've had like that since pre COVID. And that's just because it, they were willing to take whatever I could get them. Mm-hmm. And I picked a manufacturer that had no real workforce issues. Cause that's the other big thing is getting people to work is, you know, Tough. <laughs> it's tough. And normally in my business pre-COVID, the normal production time was five to ten business days, depending okay. on the item. And now it's like 10 to 15. And so the yeah. fact that I had a supplier that had 24 hour rush service back was helpful, but also like oh maybe things are getting back to normal a little bit.
0: Right. Yeah. I I had a bunch of clients who had problems getting like their Christmas cards on time in yep. 2020 and that's just paper that's just printing and um I've had to adjust like my expectations and for my clients I'm always warning them I'm like we can do this and we can reach out to these people to get things printed but I just want you to know like we need to have everything ready like two weeks in advance yep because I cannot promise you and they're not gonna be able to promise you that it's going to get to you in a week. It's just not possible. <laughs> anymore. Yeah, and, it's just reality.
1: You know, going back to the fact that the ad king has been around for so long, we've never, my grandfather, he taught me this. He's like, never be that pushy sales guy. And cause it's just going to tick off people and people aren't going to want to work with you. And so I've really prided myself on not being that person But since COVID I've had to become that person and not because I'm trying to make the sale, but it's like due to supply chains, like, Hey, I have 5,000 of this available. You need 2,000. You need to order like in the next day or so, or I can't guarantee that. And some of our customers who know us as not being those pushy people are going, Oh wait, if he's telling me I need to do this, then like, I should do it. And those people I love. I'll always love those clients. But then we still have people who will like wait two, three weeks, email me, call me back and go, all right, can I, I'm ready to order. And so I'll go online look at an inventory. Sorry, I don't have it. Well, you have, I'm like but in every email, every quote, everything I've given you, it says inventory is limited. And so that's been a teaching moment for a lot of my customers. I think that I've had to teach them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I run into similar issues too, just with things like logo design or flyers or event collateral. They'll reach out and then they won't respond for like a week or two. And then they'll respond to be like, OK, we need it now. And I'm yep. like, well, you didn't book the time. Like, I yep. can't help you anymore. So it's like you just need to make a decision so that I can take action or not take action. Like, I don't actually care if you're going to work with me yeah. at the end of the day. Like, of course, I want to work with you. But at the end of the day, I want you to get what you want. So I just need the go ahead from yeah, you. And it must be similar in your circumstance. Yeah,
1: that, yeah, without a doubt. And it goes back to my original pet peeve of like, the customer is not always right. You know, I gave you ample opportunity. I told you every which way and you still didn't listen to me. And now I'm saying no. And it's really on you, you know, like,
0: right.
1: You know, but yeah, it all, it all comes, it's all connected in, in some ways. So.
0: Yeah. I feel very similarly about the customer is always right concept because people ask for things, but I know how it's going to be used. And I know that the way that they're asking for it, it's not going to work that way. So I'm doing my job and telling them, it shouldn't be printed on white. It should be printed on black. You're not going to be able to see it otherwise. But then they like go through the process and then they realize it's not how they want it. And they should have listened to me. And I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to tell you this. So yeah. I totally feel that way.
1: Like That's why you pay me to do what we do. Like right. I do every day, you know, it's not just one little part of my business.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> Good pet peeves. I totally identify with those. Yeah. Um so in regards to like infusing your personal side into your business, do you guys use social media? Is that something that you, I don't know, you focus on at all? Or is most of your client interaction in person, on phone calls? Like how are you interacting with clients? And does it, is it something that you're thinking about, like I need to show my personality with them? Or is it just a natural thing that? happens?
1: Yes to all. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, a lot of it's interpersonal. Like I said, yesterday right? I was out to lunch with a customer and really of the hour and a half I was with them, we only talked for 20 minutes about business, but because we've been around for so long, a lot of our customers are more like friends. Um, so like my dad died 10 years ago from cancer and we had customers show up at the wake and the funeral. Like that's oh, just wow. how our business is. Yeah. And so there's a lot of interpersonal, there's a lot of, especially with COVID, like Zoom and email and things like that. And then we've had social media for four or five years now, which is when I say we, I mean me, because um, <laughs> my uncle who is almost 70 doesn't,
0: Oh yeah. yeah, It's on his radar. Exactly. (laughs) Um,
1: and we kind of like would post things here and there, like we mainly just post like projects we've done. Um, Mm -hmm. but then COVID hit. And so I really did a big kind of social media, you know, offering sales, offering like, Hey, we have hand sanitizer right now, limited supplies, things like that. And really, try to utilize social media and I was paying for advertising on thing, you know, things that yeah. I never normally did. And it worked. I mean, I, I think we got in the heart of COVID, I want to say four or five orders out of our social media stuff. So yeah, there's
0: not nothing. Uh,
1: yeah. And then a lot of it's just, you know, word of mouth, I would say 95% of all new business is word of mouth from other clients. Um, Social media, in a way, because you know, on those all those like moms' pages or whatever. Oh yeah, the best. Like, hey, I'm looking for this, and a customer will say, "Oh, Ben McDonald at the Ad King." So I guess in a way, that's natural social media. You know, with or yeah. or, or, or um, organic uh, social media. And, you know, I'm not posting anything; it's just people are posting about me, and and even I got in. I probably get one or two new orders a year out of stuff like that sometimes those mom's pages can be (laughs) they'll try to tear you down if something doesn't work well Uh, oh yeah they're brutal (laughs) yeah my father-in-law he deals with it too he gets a lot of that like oh this you know handyman and sometimes he's afraid because he's like if I mess up or don't like they will try to tear you apart and try to tear down your business and so I try to like Usually someone will tag me in a comment and I'll look at the request. And if it's something I know I can work on, I'll, yeah, reach out to me, you know, whatever. And then sometimes I'm like, nope, not touching that with a 10 foot pole. (laughs) Like, I don't care. I Nope, not happening.
0: (laughs) I get the same things. Like I'll get tags in Facebook groups and depending on who's tagging me and then what the person's asking for, I'm either like, Absolutely yes. I'll DM them. And sometimes I'm like, I'm gonna ignore
1: this. Yeah, exa- exactly. That's exactly it. Is you know, I just know how these pages work and I know, especially in the town that I grew up in, I know how some of these people can be. Yeah. And I I try to read that and think about it. And you know, I don't want to say no to business, obviously. You know, we're a small family business, but at the same time, I'm not gonna. Take on a project that if something goes wrong, I just have this vibe that this person will just try to tear me down and ruin right. me. And I don't think it would because we have enough corporate clients that don't right. look at that it's stuff. A but fear, it's still, it's just not worth the hassle.
0: <laughs> yeah, no one wants to deal with that. And it's really more about knowing your ideal client, right? Like, exactly. I love doing logos for people, but I've, I don't know, I've kind of grown away from doing more logo stuff and I've been focusing more on like print and page layout and I'm just so much happier (laughs) like working on those projects and it's not that I'm never going to do logos again I'm working on two right now but it's just not what I'm pushing so when I see posts for people who need logos I'm like it's probably not a good fit for me anymore and that doesn't make the the project a bad project it's just not good for me and I want them to get what they want and what they need
1: yeah. And like on those Facebook pages, sometimes it's like, I need six t-shirts for my kid's class. Yeah. That's like, like a like, custom ink I'm
0: order. I'm <laughs>
1: like, no, I don't want to, no, I don't want to touch that. There's no money in that. Or like if, I, or sometimes they'll reach it. They'll, before I see it, they'll private message me. Yeah. And then I'll just price it so high that, yep. you know, if I get it, then sweet. That's a ton of money in my pocket. Yep. Or if I don't get because I really didn't want it, you know? So, I do the that's same the other, exact know, thing. If, if they get to me before I can see the post, that's usually how I handle it. If, you know, if it works out that way, so.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I always like overcharge for projects I really don't want to do. And then it's really worth my while if they, if they exactly. take me up on it. <laughs>
1: exactly. I actually learned that trick from my father-in-law because he's done that occasionally where it's like, I'm going to post this deck project so high that because I don't really want it or don't have the time for it, right? Or it's uh, going to be way more work than it's worth. But if I get it, then sweet, I've made a ton of extra money that I wasn't <laughs> planning on. So uh, I've used that trick a couple times
0: now. Totally, that's <laughs> funny. I I love doing that. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll just be like, I'm not a right fit, and and you can talk to these people. I don't know if you you refer out sometimes. If it's a I project do. where you're like, I definitely can't handle this, but I know a guy.
1: Yep. We, we do have, cause you know, not so much on like the hard good side, you know um, but local decorators, local engravers, yeah. um, we use those people. And so I'll say, Hey, like, it's not really something I can handle. Um, but go to this person. And the thing is, is I could handle it cause I would just go to that person and have them sell it to me, but yeah. it really comes down to, I, I don't really want to deal with it. Or it just, it seems like way too much work and not enough money that yeah. I'll just give it right to that person. So, and they do the same thing. You know, it's reciprocal. They totally. say, Hey, they need this that we don't have access to. So, and so it works both ways, which is nice.
0: Yeah. And it feels good because you're not saying no, can't help. You're like, no, but you can go in this direction and they should be able to help. So you're helping them exactly, too.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So what has been one of the biggest struggles in your career?
1: This was the one question that when I, that I struggled <laughs> with, no pun intended. Um, it would probably, it would probably have to be, I mean, being a small business, I don't technically own the Ad King, but it. I'm in right. line to own it. Um, oh, yeah. and I run the day to day. So there's a lot of struggles, but the biggest struggle I had was actually bringing up my father again was when he died. Um, because if anybody parent dies, it's devastating. But when he's also your boss and coworker, it's, it's even more tough. Um, because you know, it's not just, Oh, I just lost my dad, but it's now all of these like he died two days before christmas oh my God. and we did the wake the day after christmas and then the funeral two days after christmas and then the next day i was back to work
0: right and there's that, no one else to take over like yeah, no one else I to have take to. over and
1: my uncle the other person who is part of the, the business is my uncle so it's like he and i basically put our we came to work the next day put our heads down and just started working and um but the struggle with it was, yes, you know, I mean, I lost my father, so obviously that's the greatest of struggle of that. But just kind of having to explain to all the, oh my god, you know, or like we'd get in, like I'll never forget, I, like I think it was like about a week after my dad died, we got an email from a customer who didn't know he died, Um, and it's like he they called and not emailed, they called and. They're like, is Peter there? And I said, uh. and so, oh. no, he's like, it's that awkward, like, what? Eh. And so I'm like, no, he passed away. Is there something I can help you with? And they're like, oh, okay. And the next question out of their mouth was, who's taking over the business? And I'm <laughs> like, well, I'm An appropriate his. Appropriate
0: question right yeah. now, like.
1: I'm like, well, I'm his son, and his business partner is my uncle, and so. Nobody's taking over the business. It's just going to keep going. And right. But like we doing that for the first six, seven months, you know, because there are customers who only call us, you know, in the spring or call us in the fall. So, you know, (laughs) we would have a customer, he died in December. We didn't have, we'd have customers call us in October for their calendar orders, but they only order account. They only do that one order a year. So they had no idea. So it's like for a whole year, basically, we had to kind of have, it was this constant, reliving of died, yeah. so i think that was probably the and it wasn't even a business struggle it was that balance of my dad just died but because we're a small business and we're not this big multi-billion dollar business i still had to be here and keep things moving to help you know support my aunt my uncle me at the time i wasn't married or even dating my wife at the time but me mm. and my two brothers like this this business at the time had fed three generations and now it's fed four you know with my two children and so it's like things had to keep going so it was a struggle to kind of put my head down miss my father but also he wasn't just my dad he was my coworker and my boss and so trying to like keep the business going during that was was probably the biggest struggle i've had so
0: so many layers of mourning repeatedly. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Escape this.
1: I almost wanted to put like in my email signature, Peter's dead. <laughs> you know, I didn't, but there were times <laughs> where it would just be like, that's easier. Yeah. It's just easier. And, and it, it, it was that, it was that ebb and flow where it's like, all right, you know, January, February, March would roll around. We did it. And then we kind of, we as a business die out for a little bit, like April. Yeah, it's seasonal. Yeah, yeah, seasonal. And then, so then, like the June summer golf tournament crowd came back, and we have to do it again. And then the calendar season came. So it was just like this roller coaster of having to do this, and um, it was tough, but we got through it. And now, now people who ask for Peter McDonald when they call is just telemarketers or whatever. And so I'll be like, "Yeah," he's
0: been- <laughs> and you're like, "Leave us alone."
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll I'll just be like, "Yeah, he's been dead for ten years," and hang up because I'm just like. <laughs> At this point, if you're calling asking for Peter McDonald, you d- you're not
0: important. Yeah, sorry. you're not important.
1: So just <laughs> even if you're a customer looking for something, you're not done. So I I probably started doing that like <laughs> five years ago, but it's to this day, ten years later, we still get the occasional Peter McDonald there?" i be mean, like, seriously, like,
0: <laughs> oh my god. Well, yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. So
0: it did not. I did not know that. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, you bring up a really interesting point. I mean, things I've thought about for sure. Like, I'm the only person in my business. Like, if I, you know, get pregnant and want to have a kid, like, what the hell am I going to do? Like, I'm going to have to save money. Like, I don't know. Like, all these things that small business owners and solo business owners have to think about. Like, we don't get maternity or paternity leave.
1: <laughs> no, if my wife was here, she would... tell you she's experienced that when we had our not so much our daughter who was a preemie so like she came super early and she was in the hospital for almost three weeks so like i really just after the first few days i realized that she was there and me as the dad couldn't really do anything and even my wife couldn't really do a ton so i just went to work and i'd drive all the way to beverly you know to go see her every day but when my son was born which was he came at 37 weeks. So yep. he was more full-term. The he, My wife's water broke at like 4.30 in the morning. We drove to the hospital. We had the baby. And like two hours later, I was checking my email and things like that. Yeah,
0: it doesn't and end. end.
1: <laughs> and the next day, and, and also because of COVID, I, w- once we were in the, the room, we were stuck there. Like you can't leave. Right. If you leave, you can't come back. So he was born on a Thursday. So Thursday afternoon, Friday, I was working like from my laptop in the, in the hospital room. And, you know, and then Monday I went back to work, like my office and, you know, I, I being the upside of the small business, solo business owners, you can cut out early when you want. Yeah. So I, for the first couple of weeks, I'd leave around like two and, you know, but yeah, I was two hours after my son was born, I was emailing people and, some of my, you know, my real top customers knew what was going on. So they were okay. like, like, we're in fact, one of the emails was like, I know you're in the hospital. So when you have a minute or like when you get back to the office, this isn't a rush, but I don't want to forget to have you do it. So just here it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's the the downside in some ways to this, not just this business, but small businesses the normal vacations and the maternity and paternity leaves and deaths in the family. Those just, it, it, it doesn't ring true or the same for everybody. And uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sacrifice both in that way, but also for like my wife, like, Hey, like I'm working at 10 o'clock at night. But the flip side of that, like I said, is if my daughter's comes home sick from school, I can leave. Whereas she can't being working for a big, Right. corporation you know so it 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 has its pluses and minuses you know and, and and it's helpful so
0: yeah it's like every pro is a con but every con is also a pro depending exactly. on the situation
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah it's it's it can be a lot and you know like anytime we go on vacation every not that we go far but you know it's like first thing in the morning checking my email doing things we'll go out you know in the water or whatever lunchtime do the same thing and you know, it's, there's no such thing that mixed with my biggest competitors, the internet. Yeah. So they can instantly do everything right on one of those big websites. So if I'm not at least acknowledging, you know, so a lot of times at night, before I go to bed, I'll check my email. And I do work with nurses at big hospitals in Boston. And occasionally they're working the 11 to seven shift or whatever. And they'll email me at 10 30 11 o'clock at night and so i'll just reply back got your email um i'll look into this first thing tomorrow morning and we find that they're not i don't think they're ever expecting me to do anything right then and there yeah no. to me because we're that small business with our biggest competitors the internet those little just hey i got your email it, it means a lot to them because it's it's showing that yep i I'm acknowledging them. And we find that I know it's annoying at ten o'clock at night, especially for my wife, but <laughs> she gets it too, because she knows she, you know, she sees my aunt, my uncle and me, and she knows that that's those little things are what matter in the big picture and what keeps the customers coming back and keep them right. happy and stuff. So
0: right. yeah, I can imagine it's hard being in like a more sales facing job because, I have clients who I'm working with every week. I get new clients here and there every month, but for the most part, I kind of know what I'm going to be doing each week. But for you, you get random orders all the time, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You have to yeah, capitalize on it when you can. Exactly. I mean, we have our core
1: customers who order biweekly, you know, yeah. for this event or that event or whatever, but then we have the random like, Hey, I got your name from this person. Um, looking to do this. So it's just a, if it's at nine o'clock at night, which if they are, they, they might not get to that till nine o'clock at night. So if I can just simply say, got your email, I'll look into this, that as a customer service end of things that, that that's above and beyond, which is what ultimately if I can keep my customers happy and new customers happy, that will keep them coming back, which keeps food on the table and my kids fed and in school and everything <laughs> like that. So that's ultimately that's what's most important too, so
0: right. That's the goal. So your exactly. focus is really on that customer service. It has to be. yeah, yeah. Yep. definitely. I get that. So I'm gonna switch gears into the the random questions. <laughs> yeah. So if you were a car, Ben, what kind of car would you be?
1: <laughs> I would be. A pickup truck. Okay. Which I actually own. And it's because it can carry a lot of things at once. And mm-hmm. I think that is apropos for this business that I'm in. <laughs> yeah. You know, juggling this project, this project, this customer. Hey, this person hasn't paid me their $3,000 that they owe me yet, and they're 40 days past due. And <laughs> oh, I have two kids, one's homesick from school. It's just you're juggling and carrying a lot at once. And so, a pickup truck uh would definitely be it. And <laughs> I'm lucky enough that I get to own one. So it works. Yeah, out
0: what what specific pickup truck do you own?
1: I have a Chevy Silverado High Country. So
0: oh, what's high country? Like it's, does that make well, it special.
1: It's, <laughs> it's they're like this sounds so posh, but it's are <laughs> like high-end ah. truck. So it's it's got the truck, bed, like a big, you know. Farmer, whatever truck guy, but it's got the luxuries of like uh, Mercedes with the oh. leather, heated seats, cool air-conditioned seats, heated steering. Air-conditioned
0: you know. seats? I can't that imagine.
1: So great when I make a delivery in the summer, I just throw that bad boy on and I cool right down. Sunroof, all those things. Which, to be yeah. honest, I know I love it now, but it was not what I was looking for when I was looking for a truck. <laughs> I was like. I'm doing more and more big deliveries because that's the other thing with the customer service thing is anything clothing-wise, I unless it's going to like California or, or somewhere far away, I hand deliver it. Oh, wow. Which also keeps me in front of the customer. Yeah. Which is just another, you know, it kind of all rolls into one. But uh I was realizing that my Chevy Equinox just wasn't cutting it on because I had acquired a customer that the average order was like 12. 1300 t-shirts and that's that's about 15 boxes um and i just and they were ordering it like this like every month and so i was like i can't can't keep renting a u-haul to do that yeah it
0: doesn't make sense so
1: i went to the dealer uh who's also a customer but i went to the dealer (laughs) and i was like i need a truck and they're like these are the two options we had and i'm like "Eh, that one (laughs) Well, one of them was I, – I only had my daughter at the time, but it didn't have a full uh,
0: crew cab. Oh, okay. right. yeah. That one won't no, work. No, and, no.
1: So I'm like, uh, this one. And they're like, that's the high country. That's the luxury one. I'm like, oh. Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. I'm like, all right, sure. And uh, so I beat them up on price a little bit. But, yeah, so that's – people are like, that's a fancy truck. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, did you mean to buy that? I'm like, no. Did you mean to buy that? Well, I think they look at it as like – I feel like they look at it as, Oh, he's a guy who wanted like a Mercedes, but needed a truck. Um, kind of feel, and it's the furthest thing from the truth. I just needed yeah. a truck and that's just what they happen to have. And now I, <laughs> I benefit off of it. My wife loves it because of the heated seats and everything.
0: Yeah, that's She amazing. has a car now
1: with heat. She has the, the Honda Odyssey. She got mm-hmm. her dream car of a minivan and, uh, <laughs> I ser- seriously, I was like, "That's your dream car." Like, Wait, really? Kid's yeah. dream car. Kim's dream car was a Honda Odyssey. I love. And her. I was like, "Wow, okay, like not <laughs> like a Porsche, or, no, a Honda Odyssey." So, at, she's gonna be 30 in April. I have accomplished her dream car, and she has she has accomplished it too. <laughs> we went in on it, and especially after we knew we were having my son Peter. We, she's like, I need a minivan, and I'm like, okay. And so we got the the minivan, <laughs> and that has heated seats. So now she's not as jealous because yeah. she used to get in my truck with the heated seats, and her car at the time didn't have it. She always Grr. and now she's got the heated seat. She doesn't have air conditioning seats though. But yeah,
0: I feel like that's hard to come by. I don't know. I've never been in a car with air conditioned seats. I don't think I had
1: been in a, i had been in a BMW that had them. But of course, in, yeah. But no, I, I mean, all those bells and whistles really weren't what I was looking for. It was, it was really. But now you
0: can't go back. But now I can't go
1: back. Yeah, (laughs) her actually, Kim's uncle just got the newest high cut, like a brand new high country, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. And like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're a high country man now. (laughs) I'm a high
1: country man now. You know, it's a country song right there.
0: I love it that's so funny so when was the last time someone said something like wow that's so on brand for you or like wow that's so you like what do people associate with you it doesn't have to be a moment it can be like no it's facts.
1: probably anytime I go into a store and I see them <laughs> selling a t-shirt with a like oh yeah like um I mean, I've never been to Disney, but something like that, you go to the s- store and there's the big Disney logo on it and they're selling it for $30, $40, whatever. I'm like, that shirt, <laughs> that's a four-color imprint on a white T-shirt. That thing really, well, it's di- like pretend it's Disney. Oh, that's Disney. They're ordering like twenty, thirty thousand 30000 at a time. That's like a $4 shirt, their cost. And my wife will just be like, seriously?
0: We don't I'm like, care. <laughs> I'm like,
1: or the other one is... <clears throat> She's in her used to be at a school as a customer of mine, but her program isn't a part of my umbrella of that college. And she got a sweatshirt that had her um masters of social work or whatever it said. And I'm looking at the logo. I'm like, that's wrong. That's not, <laughs> that's not the correct logo.
0: Like, I do what? the same stuff. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm like, that's not their official logo. They swapped the two, the board. She's like, it's my sweatshirt. I don't care. I'm like, but no, like I have to go through all this crap to make sure I'm on their approved list. And you get a sweatshirt from some jamoke who isn't clearly (laughs) or doesn't doesn't care. And so that, those are the kind of the two things that one only happened at one time, but anytime I go to a store or like, I look at like the pen at like a restaurant, like, Oh, that's, that's a 20 cent pen or whatever you know, things like that. But I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years now, so it's bound to happen.
0: Yeah, I when you said like, I forget how many shirts you said that you have to deliver to your your customer like every two weeks, but you were like, that's about 15 boxes. I'm like, it's funny that you know like exactly how many boxes, but it makes sense.
1: Well, yeah, it's like everything I judge is based on how many boxes I can get in my truck. Like (laughs) Yetis, the 20 can cooler Yetis, I can fit 15 of those in my truck.
0: Good to know.
1: Yeah, I don't. It's the stupid information that I know that it's just Kim will be like, "Huh? Like, who cares?" I'm like, "I do."
0: I, I do the same shit. I I'll be like, "Hey, you know that font is Avenir," yeah, and my yeah. boyfriend Dylan's like, "I don't give a shit," <laughs> like, yeah. but I have to say it. It's like a tick. I'm like, if I don't say it out loud, I'm yeah. gonna explode. Speaking into <laughs> the universe. Yeah, I do the yeah. same stuff. That's so yeah. funny. So I have two more questions. The first one, how, what were you like as a child? And do you think that you were this? you're the same as you were back then? Do you think you're, you're different now? Like what is something about you as a kid?
1: I'm pretty much the same. I think I was always a lighthearted kind of kid, goofy. And uh, I'm pretty much the same, you know, now obviously I have the business side and I can be more serious and I'm a dad now, but you know, I still do s- stupid stuff and say <laughs> stupid things and try to get the quick laugh and stuff. And, uh, I'm sure it annoys my wife. Um, cause we've known each other since eighth grade. I oh, think. Wow. So she's pretty much, yeah. So we were friends long before we were married. And so I think she would probably say I'm pretty much the same, the same <laughs> you know, uh, but I think, honestly like i look at life it's like if you're not laughing having a good time like like yeah there's more time for seriousness and time for stress and time for things but also because of all that stuff you it's important to laugh and have a good time and so i i try to carry that out you know when i can
0: (laughs) yeah so speaking of laughter my last question is always about like a funny story or your sense of humor? Do you have anything recent you can share or I don't know?
1: Any stories? Um, Oh yeah, tons of stories. Um, (laughs) It was actually go figure, you know, uh, we were in a golf cart and playing (laughs) golf and it was one of these holes where you couldn't see like ahead of you. So we thought it was a good idea which is actually proper golf etiquette. So you don't hit into the person is to drive up and see where they are. But the problem was it was like 7am. So the ground was wet. So we got to the top of the hill, saw where they were immediately. We didn't stop. We just kind of did like one of these, like saw they were gone. Started Coming down the hill. Well, we weren't drunk. We weren't doing anything stupid. We literally started spinning out all the way down holding on for dear life i'm leaning like trying to keep the cart from flipping i'm like putting all my body weight into the side and it was one of those like we got to the bottom it was that stereotypical like you see in the movies we got to the bottom of the hill looked at each other (laughs) did one of these like all right we're alive and then just started (laughs) dying laughing and uh yeah so i I have a lot of stories like that in my life where it's just like even things where i'm in like that was, I was trying, I was not being stupid and it just turned into a freak accident <laughs> that ended up being hilarious. Uh, and then one other time that I was in Mexico helping build an orphanage and, and the kids would come for lunch and then we would get them back on the bus and take them back to their colonia. Uh, they lived, but we always would give them like a little treat. You know, as like a, you know, here's us Americans building this orphanage. And I stupidly, and they told me not to do this, but I wasn't thinking. I stupidly pulled out the bag of candy
0: Oh no. and raised
1: it up like this. Well, a hundred kids come swarming around. I can't, I felt like a rock star because I couldn't get to the bus where I was trying to get the kids on. And because I didn't speak a ton of Spanish, I'm literally yelling louder and slower Thinking that that's how they're going to understand I'm going, on the bus! On the bus! And these kids are looking at me like, what are you, huh? And I'm like pointing to the bus. None none of them are getting it because all they want is the candy. Yeah. Finally, the director of the orphanage comes over and goes, Ellen, autobus or whatever. And the kids (laughs) immediately go to the bus. I'm like, he goes, what were you thinking? I'm like, "I, I, I don't know. And so so the, excited. Rest of the week that was the big the big joke is Ben doesn't know Spanish he just knows how to talk louder and slower in hopes that that works <laughs> that's
0: what we all do <laughs> I know right panic <laughs> I was
1: that stereotypical American who did it in front of a hundred little children but you know
0: it is what it is it's fun. that's funny <laughs> before we got on this call I was thinking about your kids because I just love them so much like I think addy is yeah, just so thing. funny
1: <laughs> yeah, i know she's yeah she's too smart for her own good sometimes
0: she's, she's... so smart and, that, and so like independent not a problem.
1: Like. <laughs> yeah her being super smart is not a problem i am all for it except for right now as a parent to a six and a half year old where i'm like can you just not be so smart for like two minutes just <laughs> please <laughs> But it doesn't happen that way. So she's definitely got her mom's smarts, you know. I'll give her that. She's got not that I'm not smart, but she's definitely more Kim's daughter, you know, in terms of that stuff. So she's funny
0: though. You I forget Kim like didn't friend. Kim didn't eat like all the cookies or something. And she was like, All right, go go get like a container and we'll put the cookies in them for later. And then Addie comes back with two more brownies. She's like, We need these. Yep. I was like smart girl gotta take the opportunity
1: <laughs> this yes that is my daughter and then, yeah, that's her nutshell she's always like wait a minute they sent me over here by myself to take <laughs> it home okay so like let's just load it up like that's how her brain works and god love her and god help her husband or what one day like <laughs> god help them all
0: <laughs> I love her
1: and then there's my son who just does stupid shit already. He's like climbing on things. And Kim and I actually were saying the other day, like, he's going to be that, like our daughter, Addie, we never had to bring to the hospital. She had some lung stuff that we did, but no physical broken anything. And we said about Peter, we're like, oh, this kid's going to end up at the hospital with a broken something or need stitches. Like we can just tell now. And he's only like 14 months. Like we, we just know that he's bad for that road.
0: <laughs> he's trouble. God, he's so cute. Oh my God. He's so adorable.
1: Yes, yes, he is. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God he's cute.
0: <laughs> well, that's all the questions I have for you. Um, thanks so much for being on. So much fun. Um, I want to make no sure problem. that I give you time to promote anything or just tell people where they can find you and connect with you if they have promotional product questions or needs
1: on facebook uh at the ad king inc or instagram also at the ad king inc or you can google us the ad king inc because we're on google too
0: <laughs> awesome well thanks so much again for being on no this really thank fun. you for having me and i enjoyed it and yeah we'll we'll connect soon i'm sure oh yes <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks ben